good morning. Welcome to the 9.30 service. Whether you're in the room or online, we are very glad that you're here with us. Unfortunately, I'm going to start the message this morning with some bad news. It's not normally the best way to start off a sermon, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's not a long weekend, you guys. That's a little disappointing, isn't it? Like most of us are going to have to go to work and school tomorrow. And it's like, oh, that's so sad. I wish we had another day off this weekend. Anybody else with me? Maybe we should just go ahead and make every weekend a long weekend. Could we get behind that? Apparently a bunch of European countries are trying it and Europeans always know what to do. So let's just follow their lead here. Let's make every weekend last from Saturday until Monday. I think that would be amazing. An extra day off every single week on Honestly, it sounds like a little piece of heaven to me. How often have we found ourselves saying, boy, I wish I had just one more day off this week. If I had one more day, then I could finally get the rest I needed, or I could finally get all the junk done that I need to get done this week. We say stuff like this all the time. However, I've noticed something really interesting, and I wonder if any of you have noticed the same thing. I've noticed that it doesn't seem to matter whether I take two two days off each week or three days off each week. Or even if it's one of those really special times when I get to take an entire week of vacation, I've noticed it really doesn't seem to matter how much time I get away. I'm usually just as tired after my time off as I am before I started. What's that all about? A time off is supposed to be time that's gonna make you feel refreshed. It's gonna make you feel better. And yet consistently I've experienced, and I know you have too, because I hear it from you guys as well. When we take time off, it really doesn't give us the rest and it doesn't allow us to recuperate the way that it's supposed to be. Now this doesn't make a lot of sense if you really start to consider it. It's, it's kind of surprising because we've got seven days in each week, right? Seven days. And if you consider five days are usually reserved for work, And two days are set aside as free time. You can do whatever you want to do with those two days each week. And that includes like sitting around and doing nothing if you're feeling very lazy. Some of you guys will play video games for like 12 hours this coming Saturday. You can use those two days to do absolutely anything you might want to do. That is a third of your week. If you do the math, Two days of every single week is about 30, 31% of your entire week. So a third of every single week that we have is actually free, and yet we don't feel rested. We don't feel like we have enough time to recharge and to get back what it is that we've lost. That is a huge like significant percentage, right? A third. So let me put it in a different context that might help to illustrate it a little bit. Imagine that if you had a third of your salary every month that was free, Hey, that'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? Like most people end up spending about a third of their salary on housing. So I want you to just imagine for a moment, go to your happy place, and I want you to picture that you no longer have a mortgage payment. Yes and amen, Lord, make it so. You don't have a mortgage payment anymore. So you can take that 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is, you can take that money and you can spend it on anything that you wanna spend it on. Man, that would feel pretty good. You would probably be a whole lot less stressed if you had a third of your money free to do whatever you wanted to do, right? Now watch this. You actually have that much margin in your calendar every single week. You have a third of your days that are free and you can use them however you want and still we find ourselves worn out, exhausted, and feeling like we never have enough opportunity to rest. You see what I mean? It's kind of strange, isn't it? 
Like maybe the problem isn't that we don't have enough time. The problem is we don't use the time that we have particularly well. And, and not only is like 30% of your week free, it actually gets worse when you really start to consider it. Because if you take into account statutory holidays and the fact that most of you guys are going to get like two weeks, maybe three weeks of vacation each year, when you consider all of that extra time off, you find out that 40% of your schedule throughout the year is actually free. You can do what you want with it. You can rest and relax, or you can cram pack it full of all sorts of other stuff. And as I mentioned, despite the fact that 40% of our time is free, we still find ourselves run down and begging for more time to rest. Here's the truth that I hope you'll embrace this morning. And this is what we're going to spend our, our time together talking about. The truth is this, we don't need another day off. We need a Sabbath. We don't need another day off. You think if I could have a long weekend, then I would finally get the time and the margin and the rest in order to feel better about life. But the reality is you don't need more time off. You need a Sabbath. You need to change what you do with your time off. You don't need more time away. You need to spend time in the presence of God. If you were to start to do that consistently, if you were to change how you spent the time off that you already had, you would discover a life overflowing that you didn't know was possible in a standard work week. We don't need another day off. We really need a Sabbath. So what I want to do this morning is I want to help you to understand what a Sabbath is and what it isn't. Because what we're going to discover is that a Sabbath is not the same thing as a day off. We think it's the same, but it's not. And I want to help you to understand how implementing a regular Sabbath in your life can actually be one of the key differences between living a life that is overwhelming and a life that is overflowing. So let's head back to the beginning, like the very beginning, the beginning of the story, Genesis chapter number two. And I just want to read for you two verses this morning. Genesis two, verses two and three, the scripture says this, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested. I want you to just highlight that word in your mind because we're going to spend a good bit of time on it this morning. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, and he declared it holy because it was the day when he rested, there's the word again, from all uh, his work of creation. So that word rest, is um, it's translated from a Hebrew word that's pronounced Shabbat. Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. It's just a fun word to say, honestly. And you can leave this morning saying, yeah, we learned how to speak Hebrew in church. I mean, it's pretty impressive, okay? So rest is the Hebrew word Shabbat. And that word Shabbat has actually been translated into English as Sabbath. You may have heard Sabbath before. People take a Sabbath from work. I told you this morning that you should be taking a Sabbath every single week. So Shabbat means rest, and it's also translated into English as, as Sabbath. Now, um, when we see rest in the in the early parts of the Bible, but really throughout the scriptures as well. When we see the word rest, the scriptures are specifically talking about Sabbath. They are talking about Sabbath, not a day off, not a day in which you get to lounge around in your underwear and binge watch the next season of whatever's on Netflix, but something different, something more meaningful, helpful, and healthy than that. So let me give you a couple of things just to know about the word Shabbat or Sabbath, okay? Yes, the word Shabbat means rest, but it doesn't mean rest in the, boy, I am pooped. I just need some rest, okay? That's not the sort of rest that it's talking about. Remember, the scripture says that God rested. He Sabbathed on the seventh day. But it's not like God was like, dang, creating universes is hard work, y'all. I need a break. Can I just get a day off, please? All right, tell you what, I was only gonna have a six-day work week, but now I'm gonna have a seven-day week, and the last one, I'm just gonna chill. 
He wasn't sweating. He wasn't exhausted. He didn't need to catch up on a nap. So when the scripture says that God rested, he Sabbath, it doesn't mean that he was tired and worn down. And so he caught a rest. The word rest most literally means to stop or to cease. That's it. Very simple. What does it mean to Sabbath? It means to stop. It means to quit. It means to cease. Well, to stop and quit and cease doing what? We stop on the Sabbath. We, we quit working, obviously. But it also means that we stop wanting. We, we take a break from like this inner push to have everything and to experience everything. We like slow down and we just kind of let ourselves be at least for 24 hours. We cease worrying about the future. We say, hey, I, I've got six days that I can stress and sweat about what's coming up in the next few weeks. But on this day, on the Sabbath day, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna cease, I'm gonna stop my anxiety. We don't stress about producing. Instead, we just focus on being. For like 24 hours, we're like, yep, life's crazy and it's tough and it's a bit overwhelming, but today I'm gonna let all of that go and I'm just gonna focus on being present in the moment. That's what we're talking about when we talk about stopping. Stopping or resting in the biblical sense means I consciously choose to stop doing the things that I have been doing. All the things that I've been doing for the last six days, I'm gonna put them on pause for one day so that I can rest and recharge and refocus and get to where I need to be in the next six days. Do you realize this is why your days off are usually not very refreshing for you? Because you don't stop on your days off. When you take a day off, you do what most people do. That is, you quit working the job that pays you and you start working the jobs that do not pay you. Are you with me? You go home and you do yard work. You do house work. You spend time getting caught up on paying the bills. You run your kids all over the city to like soccer practice and hockey games and chorus and all of these different things, right? This is what we do. You gotta do all the grocery shopping. So you spend your day off fighting people in the checkout aisles and all of that sort of stuff. Isn't it ironic that most of us take a day off from work just so we can stay home and do more work? No wonder we're exhausted because we're still doing work. It's just a different kind of work. And oh, by the way, you don't get paid for this kind of work. So it's like doubly crappy. You with me? It's like, geez, this is the worst of both worlds. On the weekends, there is no stopping. There is no ceasing. And that's why another day off isn't going to actually change anything for us. Having a long weekend really doesn't fix the problem. Because we've had long weekends and we just fill them with more work. In fact, the only time that you ever feel rested is when you go on a long vacation. I don't mean like a seven-day vacation. You guys go on a seven-day vacation and you don't feel any better. I'm talking like 10 days, 14 days, maybe even a little bit longer. You know why? Because it takes that long for us to quit doing the work that we typically do on our days off and finally to get to the point where we're like, oh, I just get to be. 
but we can't take seven days off, 10 days off, 21 days off in a row. We don't have that luxury. Luckily, we don't have to. So when the scriptures talk about rest, it's not saying you're worn out and tired, so you need a day off to lay around and just let your body recharge. It's something more than that. Rest means to stop doing what you have been doing. But the second thing that I want you to know about this word Sabbath or Shabbat is that over time in ancient Israel, so starting in the book of Genesis, but working its way all the way through the Old Testament, the word began to be used to describe things that were a celebration or a delight. So you would talk about um, anything really, but specifically this day off, you would use specific language about celebration and delight. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Because having a specific day off, like a real day off each week, that was probably fairly delightful. It sounds kind of delightful to me. But when the scripture talks about the Sabbath being a delight, it doesn't just mean that it's delightful, that it's enjoyable to us. It literally came to mean the time in which the Israelites would stop, cease, give up what they had been doing for the last six days. And rather than delighting in their time off, they would delight in the one who gave them the time off. They would focus on God, who the scripture says is the source of every good gift. All the good things that you have in your life, including one day off, truly off each week, that is a gift from your Father in heaven. And so when you, Sabbath, Shabbat, I'm mixing up words here. When you do that, you are actually honoring, celebrating, and delighting in your heavenly Father. So catch this now. We learn from the scripture that a Sabbath has two components, true rest from work and full delight in God. This is what a Sabbath really is true rest from work, and a full delight in God. This is why a day off is different, or how a day off is different from a Sabbath. A, because most of y'all ain't really stopping your work anyway, but B, a day off doesn't normally, for, for the average person in Calgary, it doesn't include full delight in God. Instead, it's like, oh, I'm so tired and exhausted. I can't think of doing anything. Leave me alone. Mommy needs a break, right? So we're not talking about the same thing when we talk about a day off and a Sabbath. A Sabbath is made up of true rest from work and full delight in God. Okay, now you know a little bit about what a Sabbath is. Let's talk about why you should take one because there are some better reasons than we've already shared here in the same passage. If we go back to Genesis chapter number two, verse three, I want you to notice the scripture says in this passage, let's put it on the screen, that God blessed the seventh day. Do you see that? He blessed the seventh day. Now in the creation story in Genesis one and two, there are exactly three things that God blesses. Do you have any idea what they are? First, Genesis 1.22, God blesses the animals that he created. And after he blesses them, he says, I want you guys to be fruitful and multiply. Bunnies, you do what bunnies do. In fact, all of creation, I want you guys to be fruitful and multiply. So Genesis 1.22, blesses the animals. Genesis 1.28, God blesses people. What's up? He says the exact same thing to people. He says, you are blessed and so I want you to go and be fruitful and multiply. I've told you guys on many occasions, this is the only commandment that humanity has ever kept. We have been real good at being fruitful and multiplying. Every other one we have failed at, but this one we've done okay with. So God blessed the animals, said be fruitful and multiply. He blessed humans, said be fruitful and multiply. What I want you to understand here is that in Genesis, blessing is tied to procreation. 
it is tied to multiplication. And it goes on too. Think about Abraham. If you're familiar with his story down in Genesis chapter number 12, God makes a promise to Abraham and he says, I'm going to bless you and you are going to be a blessing to all the families of earth. And what is the blessing? Your descendants will be as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore or the number of stars in the sky. So blessing in the book of Genesis is almost always tied to fruitful multiplication. God blessed animals and he blessed people. And the only other thing in the creation story that God blesses is a day. That's what the text says, that the Sabbath is blessed by God. So what does that mean? In context, what it means is that the Sabbath has a life-giving, a life-producing quality, the ability to restore what has died in us over the last six days. Man, Monday through Saturday is draining, you guys. I work for the church. You think I should have the most filling and uplifting week of all, and I gotta tell you, it's just as draining for me as it is for anybody else. So this one day has the ability to restore what has died and been lost over the previous six days. It is blessed by God. Woo, how good is that? The truth is, anyone who participates in the Sabbath will find themselves blessed too. That's the beauty of blessing a day because anybody who participates in the day is also going to experience the blessing. Now, this same verse tells us that not only is having a Sabbath in your life a blessed thing, a good thing, it will bring joy and health and vitality and happiness to you. This same verse goes on to tell us that on the seventh day, God declared the Sabbath holy. He declared it holy. So what does the word holy mean? Like we think it means it's like godly and it's, you know, really the word holy is quite simple. It just means set apart. It just means for a, sep- a special purpose. That's all it means. And so what is the, the importance of God saying that this Sabbath day of rest is holy? Well, in order to help you understand that, I want to read for you um, a, a passage that was written by a pastor named John Comer. He wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's so good. You need to read it. A lot of what he wrote actually informed the message today. So I want you to listen to what he said in the context of God blessing the day and making it holy. He writes... Have you ever considered what this verse says? How could a day be holy? This would have been jarring to the original audience. See, in the ancient Near East, the gods were found in the world of space, not time. They were found in a holy temple or a holy mountain or at a holy shrine. But this God, the one true creator God, is not found in a place, but a day. If you want to go and meet with this God, you don't have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca or Varanasi or to Stonehenge. You just have to set aside a day of the week to Shabbat, to stop long enough to experience him. Wow, that's huge, you guys. Like, that's really big, that God... And the ability to dwell with him, to meet him, to experience his refreshing, his life overflowing, that that happens on a day as much as any place. That if you were to keep an actual Sabbath, then Sunday would even take on a different meaning for you. Not less meaning, but a different meaning. That church would be different, not less, but different. Because you wouldn't be like, Dan, you got to fill me up, bro, because I'm about to walk away from this thing. I'm at, my, I'm at my end. My marriage is over. My soul is withering and dying. And like, I can't carry that pressure, you guys. I'm not that smart. I'm not that funny, okay? 
You come and you talk to the band, you know, you don't say this, but in your mind, you kind of come with these expectations. You're like, hey, the band better bring the fire today because I need it. And if they don't, then I don't want to go another seven days to see if they can get the set right, okay? When you Sabbath with God, when you have a day that is set aside in which you connect with him and you experience true rest and delight in God, then even the things that happen in this room, they take on a new meaning and a new importance. So God created a rhythm in creation, Six days of work and productivity, and then one day that is blessed and holy and set aside so that it will offer us both health and rest if we choose to actually observe it. See, that's the key. God can tell you, hey, I've given you a day. And if you were to observe it the way that I want you to, then you, I promise you the rest of your week would be totally different. He can tell us all of that, but until we start to do it, we're not going to experience the benefits. Maybe this is why eventually, by the time we get to the second book of the Bible, Exodus, God had to command that his people would take a day off. Do you realize that? Eventually, God had to command it. That's kind of funny when you think about it. Like, God has to command us to take a day off? Isn't that something that we should all just be super stoked to do anyway? One author said it's a little bit like God needing to command ice cream or days at the beach. It's like, no, you don't have to command that. Just give us permission and we'll do it. Apparently not with the Sabbath. When it comes to taking a day off and setting it aside to be with our God so that our souls can be refreshed, there's something in us that says, no, that's not going to help. Or no, I can't really take that time. And so God says, all right, suckers, if you're not gonna do it voluntarily, I'm gonna make you do it willingly. So in Exodus chapter number 20, we have the 10 commandments, like the big 10, right? The theological word, since I'm teaching you Hebrew this morning, I might as well teach you some theological words. The theological word is the Decalogue. Ooh, so the Decalogue in Exodus chapter number 20, there are 10 commandments, the basis, the foundation for following God in the ancient world. And what do you know? Not only is keeping the Sabbath one of the commands that's there, it's included. If you pay attention, the Sabbath commandment in the Ten Commandments is actually the longest of all of them. That one commandment takes up about 30% of the text that's used to communicate the Decalogue to us. That, that should tell you something. That should, that should tell you something. Also, there are some commands that God gives, and he never gives any explanation why, right? It's kind of just assumed that you would understand. So uh, one of the commands is, thou shalt not murder. And, God's not, and God never says like, now here's why you shouldn't murder. It's a real bad idea because you'll go to jail, and it's wrong, and hurts people, and you know, you'll get blood on your clothes. He doesn't, like, he doesn't give you, I don't know, um, he doesn't give you a why behind the command. But there are a few, and the Sabbath is one of them. And so that, that 30% of text is God explaining why the Sabbath is so important to us, what the value is in your life. So you go to Exodus 20 and you read that, whew, God really goes to great lengths to help you to understand that it's meaningful, valuable, important in your life. Not only that, one more thing to consider with Exodus chapter number 20 and the Sabbath command being a part of it. Um, this is the only spiritual discipline that's included in the Ten Commandments. It is very interesting. Big 10, right? God never tells his people, y'all need to pray. You should go to church. You should give money. He doesn't say any of that in the 10 commandments. The only spiritual discipline that he gives to his people is take a day off. No, 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 not take a day off. Have a Sabbath. Observe a Shabbat. Stop. Take a break. You don't have to keep running at the same pace every single day. 
That's huge. That tells us that Sabbath is a foundational rhythm for followers of Jesus. That as God's children, this is not optional. You don't get the luxury of saying, well, I would, but I'm just too busy. Nah, God took a Shabbat. You don't get to say, it's just this season that I'm in right now. Nope. God was creating the universe, so he's probably busier than you. And he still rested. You don't get to say, we'll talk about this in a moment. Oh, that was Old Testament. I don't have to do that anymore. Mm Mm-mm. God rested. He blessed the seventh day. He made it holy, and that hasn't been repealed yet. Okay. So when we read in the scriptures, the Shabbat, the rest, the ceasing that God offers us, it is this incredible promise. And if we choose to ignore it, we will ignore it at the cost of our mind, our body, and our soul. Maybe we could summarize or frame what we're trying to get at this morning by saying this, Sabbath is a weekly opportunity from God to rest your body, recharge your spirit, and refocus your soul. This is what God offers you every single week. Would it be great if by the time you went to work on Monday, you said, you know, it's hard to explain, but my body feels rested my soul, or my spirit rather, when we say spirit in this context, we mean our mind and our emotions. My, my mind and emotions feel recharged and my soul is just focused. I just have a sense that like God is with me and there's some good things coming this week. I just, I just know it. There is, it's there. I can't explain. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be so good. Here's what's incredible. In order to experience this, you don't need to buy a book. You don't need to go to some conference. You don't need to buy something off of Instagram. All you have to do is stop for one day a week, take a break, quit worrying, quit ceasing, quit striving, quit fighting, quit being anxious, just be for a single day. Now, I will tell you, the first day you just be, you're like, "Mm, I can't do this. (laughs) Takes a little practice, man, takes a little bit of practice, but just like anything, having a Shabbat, a Sabbath, a break, it's a skill. It's a skill that anyone can learn. And real quickly, you're going to say, oh, now that I'm in the, the habit, the routine, I'm starting to see and experience the value in this. I can't imagine not having a regular day alone with God. So, Um, I want to get really practical as we wrap up the message, and I want to show you how these three ideas, rest for your body, recharge for your soul, and uh, spirit, and refocus for your soul, I want to help you to see how each of these three things can can inform what you do and don't do, how you approach the idea of a Sabbath each week, okay? So let's consider your schedule. I just want you to think about your schedule for this week. Everybody's schedule is going to be a little bit different, but for the majority of us, we could break our schedule up this week pretty simply. Monday to Friday is work or school, right? I mean, that's like standard. That's what most of us are dealing with. Not all of you, I get it, but most of us, that's what we're dealing with. So if we were going to keep going with what we typically did, Monday to Friday is school or work, and Saturday or Sunday is like all the chores that we have to get done that we didn't have the time or margin to get done during the rest of the week. So again, the stuff I've already mentioned, we cram church in there. For some of y'all, church is a chore, I get it. And so you're like, all right, I gotta do it, so let's get it done. That's the way you've been operating. But if you were to start to implement a Sabbath, instead, Monday to Friday would be work and school. Saturday Saturday 
would be all the chores, be all the stuff you don't get paid for, pay the bills, do the work, laundry, all that sort of stuff. And you're like, well, man, that's a lot to get done on a Saturday. Yeah, totally. I get it. We're going to talk about how to make it fit in just a moment. And then Sunday is Sabbath. It's a day of rest and worship or delight in God. Like, it's not really, this is why I can't run a conference on this because like, it's super simple. You know what I mean? You guys would pay $150 to come to the conference and like 20 minutes in, I'm like, okay, that's it. Now you know. Like, Couldn't you have just made a YouTube video? Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Um, it's not, it's not hard. Well, okay. It's, it's not complicated, but it is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. So let's imagine that you were actually going to do that, okay? Monday to Friday is work and school. Saturday, I'm going to get all my chores, life tasks done. And then Sunday is a day to just relax and enjoy God. Usually when I suggest that, people have two questions. The first one is, well, Dan, that sounds good, but what if I can't get everything done in six days? Because even when I tell you, okay, so get all your personal stuff done on Saturday, the reality is you can do personal stuff Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as well. You just have to do it after work. That's the way you know, life is, deal. Um, but you, you know, you're like, How, what if I can't get it all done in six days? I would say if you can't get all of your weekly tasks done in six days, that is a surefire sign that you're doing too much. If you can't get it done in six days, you're probably not going to get it done in seven. And there ain't an eighth. <laughs> so Sabbath is this beautiful lid that God has given us. It is actually a governor on your life. You know, like you ride a motorcycle and sometimes they have a governor on them. You can't get over a certain speed, so you don't have to have a special license to drive it and all that sort of stuff. Sabbath is a governor that is put on your life. And that governor is a gift from God. So that you know, okay, if I can't get it done in six, then I got to start cutting things out and reprioritizing like we talked about a few weeks ago so that I can have enough room to have a Sabbath, a true day off. And so if, you're, if you can't get it done in six, then I would suggest you're doing too much. If you were to start to cut back, you're going to have to say no to a lot of otherwise good things. You understand that? You're going to have to say no to good things. Your kids will not be involved in as many activities. All right, I'm not trying to meddle. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes here, okay? But like, you've got your kids in 14 different activities throughout the week. And like, the reality is, they're gonna grow up and be healthy and well-rounded whether they're in 14 or two. <laughs> in fact, they might grow up to be healthier if they were only in one or two. If you confine their activities to Monday to Saturday. And you said, nope, look, as a family, you guys do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to, we're going to have a day that's set aside. And no, we're not going to go have t-ball. And we're not going to do all of these things. It's family day. And it's worship day, okay? See, a wise person doesn't ask, how much can I do? They ask, how much can I sustain? We, we, we spend all of our, how much can I do? How much can I cram in? How can I achieve and accomplish everything there is to achieve and accomplish? But that's not what a wise person does. A wise person says, yeah, I could do all of those things, but that's not sustainable. Again, to go back to our other illustration with money, um, a wise person doesn't say, well, how much can I get away with spending on this new car? Like, what's the max my payment could be? You know that's a recipe for trouble. You don't want to spend 100% of your income. You always want to leave a little bit of margin, right? Same thing is true with your schedule. You got to leave a little bit of margin. 
And in order to leave margin, you're going to have to say no to some things. Now, you might have noticed that I keep saying and I keep talking about keeping a Sabbath in this message rather than keeping the Sabbath, okay? And that's because in Colossians 2, in Romans 14, and in 1 Corinthians chapter number 8, the Apostle Paul tells us that God really isn't concerned about which day that you choose to keep as your Sabbath. So uh, this, uh, I, I'll tell you guys, um, Sunday is not my Sabbath. Mm-mm, not by a long shot, you guys. In fact, all of our staff works on Sunday. This is a work day. We count it as their hours. Why? Well, because if we could go back for just a quick moment to that other slide, rest, recharge, refocus. Okay, um, if you're kind of running an activity, uh, through the filter. Like, does this belong on my day off? Does this constitute a Sabbath? Are, 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 you're asking, does this rest my body? And so if I look at Sunday and I'm like, does this rest my body? There's a part of me that's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty restful. I'm like, many of you guys work a whole lot harder than I do, okay? I'm not sweating typically up here on stage unless I'm really preaching hard, but anyway. So like, is it restful for my body? Yeah, I could, probably. Does it refocus my soul? Of course, this is the best thing I do for my soul every single week. This is literally the moment that I look forward to when I'm like, God, this is my time with you. I can't wait to worship you. I can't wait to sing and to dance and to celebrate what you've done in my life. But when I look at the second one, does it recharge your spirit? That is, does it fill your mind and emotions? not quite so much. And the reason why is because like, I've got a lot going on on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? I show up and I don't get to sit and just listen. I got to worry, like, is everything working? And I've got the pressure of preaching. And then I get to have convos with you guys out in the hall. And like one convo will be like, we're expecting a baby. We just found out and I get to celebrate. And I'm like, how, what a blessing. That's amazing. And then in the next conversation, it's like, yeah, my grandma just got diagnosed with cancer. Can we pray? And I'm like, ooh, that's heavy. Yeah, let's pray. And then in the next conversation, somebody's like, hey, we really like Connect, but listen, we're going to be moving on. We found another church that we like a lot more. That's a lot of emotional weight to carry in one Sunday morning. So listen, Sundays ain't my Sabbath. They're not because it doesn't rest. It doesn't do all three of those things. Okay. And so the day that you choose, Monday is our Sabbath. Uh, Tomorrow we relax. Um, The day that you choose is not important. Paul makes that explicitly clear, clear in the scriptures. This is why Christians actually changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. They did it because God isn't concerned that we follow the letter of the Sabbath law. He wants to ensure that we follow the spirit of the Sabbath law. Okay? So first things first, if you can't get it done in six days, cut back. Second thing, what should I do or not do on my Sabbath? This is the second question. It's like, okay, so Dan, I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to recharge. I'm not supposed to do a lot. So what can I do on my Sabbath? Can you help me to figure that out? What belongs on Saturday? What belongs on Sunday? Am I breaking the Sabbath? If I do laundry or if I go out to eat, you know, I grew up in a church tradition. It was like, you didn't go out to eat on Sundays because you were forcing somebody else to work on the Sabbath anyway. Um, it's true. It's true. Okay. So in response, like, what am I supposed to do or not do on my Sabbath? I'm going to pull a Jesus and I'm not answering that question for you. I'm not going to give you an answer. And the reason I'm not going to give you an answer is twofold. One, because God has not appointed me as the Lord of the Sabbath. Are you with me? Jesus said he was the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm not the arbiter of what you should and shouldn't be doing. That's between you and God. Figure it out for yourself based on your responsibilities, based on your priorities. You figure out what day and what goes in. The only thing I'll tell you is your day should be restful, should cease from work, and it should include delight or worship of God. Beyond that, it's up to you to let the spirit and the word lead you about what you should or shouldn't be doing on Sunday. That's how we avoid a bit of legalism here, okay? Not only that, 
But the, the idea that, you know, religious people can dictate what should or shouldn't happen in everybody else's life. Um, the, the Pharisees tried to do this in the scriptures. They actually had all kinds of rules in the first century in Jesus' day about the Sabbath, about what you could do, what constituted work and didn't. And it was like weird stuff. So they actually had a rule in Jesus' day that you couldn't walk more than about 2,000 steps on the Sabbath. This was before they had Fitbits. I, where they walked around like one, two, three, four, five. How are they keeping track? I don't even know, but it's legit. That if you walk 2,001 steps in his day, oh, you worked. And so you broke the Sabbath. Listen, Jesus had this conversation with the Pharisees, Mark chapter number two. And he says that man was not created for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was created for the man. What that means is Sabbath is supposed to be a gift. It's not supposed to be a burden. If you spend all your time worrying and stressing, like how far am I allowed to walk today? Or am I allowed to go buy milk because we're out? Like, don't sweat that stuff. Go with the spirit. How, how, do I, how do I honor God on my day off and quit striving, quit from the work that I've been doing for the last six days? And then the other reason that I don't wanna tell you what you should or shouldn't do on the Sabbath is that I'm not gonna be around all the time to answer these questions for you guys. You realize that, right? Like you, I am not your guru. I'm not your spiritual guide. I'm your pastor. My job is to feed you and then teach you how to feed yourself. So um, you can't rely on me to give you easy answers. You gotta figure this out for yourself. You got to mature. You got to grow up. You got to take some ownership for your faith. I love you guys. And I want to help. If you're young in the faith, then I'm going to spoon feed you like a baby. But eventually babies get to the point that they're able to eat solid food and they can feed themselves. They don't need me going, here comes the airplane. So I just, I just, I just want you guys not to rely on me, but to rely on the word, to rely on the spirit and answer that question in fellowship with God. Okay. I'm going to leave you with a quote from another author leave you with a quote. His name's Dan Allender, and he wrote a book called Sabbath. So you know what it's about. Listen to what he said. This is amazing. He said this, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it's the best day of the week. The Sabbath is the day we anticipate on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And it's the day that we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where God's people feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, go for a walk, read, and watch creation in all of its fullness. Now listen to this last line. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it. That is to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a single week. What this captures is that if you were to experience the rest that's promised in a Sabbath, it would be almost too much for you. You don't even understand the good things that God has in store for the people who will honor him by keeping a day dedicated to him.